Alright, hello, hello, hello everybody and welcome back to the podcast. This is Bela Bellissima and today I'm sitting with... Noelle. <laughs> <laughs> Noelle, a good, good, good old friend from mine from Berlin. And yes, today we are here to talk a little bit about bisexuality and our personal experiences as well as some general observation of bisexuality within the heteronormative context of the society we are currently living in. So yeah, really curious what comes out of it. Queering the Perspective with Bela Bellissima. So, but before I start talking too much, I want to, <laughs> I would like you to introduce yourself, okay. Noelle, if you want. So, um, I guess we already know your name, <laughs> but maybe um, tell tell us your your pronouns and then one question. So, what is the worst thing to do on a first date? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, my pronouns are she and her. And the worst thing to do on the date, I really have to think about it. I think having a bad breath. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah. And then would you be this kind of person that would give your date um, a chewing gum and be like, yeah. I, yeah, I think so. I think I would say, because I always having chewing gums with me, so I think I would say, yeah. Uh, I would like to have a chewing gum, so maybe you want to have some too. <laughs> so you would not explicitly say, oh, you're stinking. No. <laughs> That's like... not polite at all. <laughs> okay, okay. I get to know. Okay, interesting. Cool. Well, then let's start. So when we're talking about bisexuality, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is... Um, how did you realize that you were bisexual? Okay, so I think it all started really early. When I was maybe 10 or 11, I don't know exactly. But I think uh, it first started in advertisement and stuff that I saw a woman and I was like, oh, they're really pretty. And in the first place, I thought maybe I just think that women are pretty mm -hmm. but then I also thought that their breasts and their body looks very very handsome mm -hmm. so I kind of been attracted mm -hmm. but I tried to push it away from me because I thought something is wrong with me and yeah I think this is how everything started or This was the first thing how I realized it. Mm. Yeah. And then were you were you able to live it out? Like were you able to talk about it with your friends or with your family or how did you what happened after you had this realization? Mm -hmm. I didn't tell anyone um, until I have been maybe 15 or 16 so very long time passed by and um yeah i didn't i didn't want to um allow myself 
then I was curious actually um, wanted to ask you um, was bisexuality or let's say homosexuality ever something that you that was talked about in um, social contexts such as school when you were growing up like in elementary school or in high school was it ever addressed to you or in what manner was it addressed mm -hmm. so um, we have sex education in preschool uh, and primary school and then I never can forget the situation where I have been sitting with all the girls in class and we have been uh, talking with the female teacher and I asked her um, if she could think that I'm not I asked her Uh, that I'm scared to be that I'm scared to be a scared. yeah wow. that I'm scared to be a lesbian and she said you don't have to worry I don't think that this will ever happen to you oh, so, <laughs> no. so of course I assumed even more that something could be wrong with me mm -hmm. um, I, and it's a really wrong way to educate kids mm -hmm. when they're like 10 or 11 or something yeah. As yeah. this is as homosexuality is something like a disease, right? Exactly. That somehow at some point can invade your body and your spirit. Yeah, and I know that she didn't mean that she didn't mean it like that, but it's still a wrong way yeah. to answer, I think. And but yeah, I guess like of course she she didn't mean to be homophobic or anything, mm -hmm. but this is implicitly homophobic, right? Yes. This is an implicitly queerphobe, and this mm -hmm. is, this is I guess the epiphany of heteronormativity, mm -hmm. right? It's not saying that, like, something else is bad, or, I mean, in this case, it is actually yeah. saying something is bad, but it's more saying, like, something is better, you yeah. know? This is what we're used to, this is what's normal, and this is what is not causing you problems. Mm -hmm. How you're going to blend in society, live a happy life, and live in, like, a heterotopia. Exactly, the easy life, yeah. It just seemed like it didn't exist. Like exactly. It, Okay. Just a phase or something yeah. like that. Oh I don't God. know. You know. So and how then, many times have people told me? This? Yeah, yeah, and then you know, it always came back to me. Okay, so, yeah. I don't know how you found it out, but it would be also really interesting, or how you manage these kind of thoughts. Mm. Well, I mean, I remember that for me, I, I also discovered my interest in male presenting persons quite early on or if I now look at it re retrospectively but at that time it was for me I always made up excuses you know I, mm -hmm. I always said like oh yeah I think the body is attractive because I would like to have this kind of body mm -hmm. for example yes. or I would feel I want to feel as pretty as they are and not see them for the beauty that they are and with the and desire and the attraction that they invoke in me mm -hmm but um, to sort of project my own insecurities onto them. And of course, then also, like for me at least, a big part of, uh, of it was homophobia, that I knew that for me to, to be home and homosexual would lead to a lot of super negative consequences. Mm -hmm. And especially, I remember in my high school, being gay or like in German like schwul or like um, saying these kind of slur words as like schwuchte or uh -huh. faggot 
um, was very much an insult, you know, being gay was one of the worst things you could be, and this was in like, you know, Kreuzberg, Berlin, like this was in the supposedly most, lib one of the most liberal parts of the world, mm -hmm. and sexually free, but yeah, like 10, like 13, 14, 15 year olds were really mean <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean i definitely even i was i was harassed even for um for assume uh, assumed to be homosexual mm -hmm. like i never had an experience with a male presenting person until i was uh, 15 or uh, yeah 15 it was but uh it was always i remember i was always a little bit more feminine than other guys um, so even that, you know, people assumed my femininity to be a sign of mm -hmm. gayness. Yeah. And, and even like due to that, I ran into huge problems and people were like harassing me yeah. and uh, bullying me also at times, even though only like verbally and I had very like a strong group of friends. So yeah. like it was fine. But yeah, even the assumption led to a sort of violence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think also... Um, the fact that you try to push it away from you um, and just saying, yeah, I think I want to look like this person yeah. or I, I just like the appearance of this person. I think that's also something I did. Yeah. I, I was also like, oh, she's just like, she's just looking so good. <laughs> I just want to look like her. Yeah. Um, and that's why I admire her or something uh -huh. like that. And when, when did like this, uh, this shift come for you? Because mm -hmm. I guess, like, today you are quite embracing of your bisexuality yes. to some extent. But, and, and early onwards, it was not like that. So when, how was your thinking rewired, in a sense? Like, when did you, when did you appropriate your identity and make it positive? Mm-hmm. I think not that long ago, honestly. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I had this kind of experience with kissing friends of mine that, has been also um female presenting person um and also like my best friend she um told me about her experiences with um women so um yeah i mean that's where it started that i thought about it but i think i don't know exactly when i started saying that I'm bisexual, I think maybe three years ago or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because when I uh, went to Berlin Techno Clubs, <laughs> 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 there have been a lot of pretty um, female presenting person. And I think I kind of have been attracted to them. And mm -hmm. for me, at one point, it was just like, okay, yeah. there's no problem with it. So yeah. maybe I just like like a female person so yeah 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 i think that's that's very powerful i also still remember i had this one moment where i realized oh actually this is not something to be ashamed of yeah. but this is something to be embraced you know this is people you are attracted to and this is actually super cool yeah. <laughs> like it's 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 super amazing to you know to not restrict yourself um to only be attracted to some, like, to an assumed gender mm -hmm. that you um, associate to some people and thereby excluding so many others. Exactly. So you also didn't have this one crazily shift or something. You just were like, okay, yeah, I think I like 
uh, male presenting person too. Yeah, I think for me it became it came very gradually, you know. And I think what is really problematic is this um, idea of the closet, you know, mm-hmm. that your basic assumption of when you're born is that you're heterosexual, mm-hmm. even though you're a baby. You are not even. You don't even have a real like a sexual orientation, but yeah. already you, sort of your path is scripted to you. Your yeah. life is already set out to you. You know you're gonna, and and it's repeated throughout all your life mm-hmm. in the childhood when you're when you're in the elementary school. Everything you hear about is like. Mm, so then later you're gonna have a wife and yeah. you're gonna have children and you're gonna live in a beautiful house and then you see all these people on TV and they're happily married mm-hmm. and it's always this idea like you're gonna find a wife you're gonna find a wife you're gonna find a woman that you fall in love with a woman you yeah. know whatever is whatever that means and even the possibility of something else existing I didn't realize until very, like 15, mm-hmm. 16 or something like this that it was that like being gay being queer being um, not hom- not heterosexual is completely a life reality, yes. right? Like it 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 doesn't mean that you're gonna live a life in misery. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be a drug abuser and you're gonna be <laughs> poor living on the street. But this is how, at least when I grew up, a lot of like this, a lot of media representation of queer people was in this way you know Mm -hmm. that's the troublemakers maybe it's fun for a while but in the end it's not like a healthy sustainable lifestyle and yeah and i think then coming back to the closet how i started this um that it is so harmful to come out of the closet to be you you Mm -hmm. know whether like whereas you should be accepted for who you are regardless of your sexual orientation and you don't need to come out like have you ever heard a heterosexual person being like exactly i need to admit something exactly exactly (laughs) so this was also what i what i think directly like i don't have to come out (laughs) it's just like it's just an interest it's just a sexual orientation i don't have to tell everyone that i'm now bisexual you know (laughs) like for me it's not it is a thing to talk about because we are living in a heteronormative world. Mm-hmm. But normally I think it's it's your personal thing. Yeah. And you would never ask um, a heterosexual person about yeah. it. And also one thing about the sexual education in preschool. It's funny because they never talk about the uh, um, possibility to be in a gay marriage or yeah. something like that, you know? Homosexual partnership. Yes. Yeah, exactly. for sure. And I think what is also very strongly tied to this idea of heterosexuality is binary idea of gender, you mm-hmm. know, that being heterosexual implies that you are attracted to this gender that's opposite of you, which then conflates, like, gender and sex together. Mm-hmm. And conflates gender and sexual orientation into this one what like judith butler would call like the heterosexual matrix for Mm -hmm. example that this is just a configuration that you cannot escape you know like you're assigned a certain sex at birth then you acquire this gender according to your primary sex organs and then you like (laughs) persons that are opposite of this 
gender and the primary sex organs that you were assigned at birth. Yes. So it's also like splitting um, the world into two sides and um, then um, the people that are somewhat in the middle, somewhat gender non-conforming or trans in any kind of way are falling sort of in, in the hole. It's also interesting to me since identifying as non-binary as of this summer that I realized that not conforming to the gender binary and challenging gender as a construct and challenging gender as an entity also means challenging sexual orientation mm -hmm. because sexual orientation and gender is so much connected. Yes. So I, I remember having a conversation with a friend who asked me like, what is your sexual orientation? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I am, um, I'm bisexual or I'm mm -hmm. pansexual. And yeah. then she was like, yeah, but I thought you're non-binary. So that mm -hmm. means you don't believe in gender. So you cannot even, you know, be okay. attracted to a gender anymore <laughs> because okay, you okay. don't believe, like gender doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It's like erased, you know, so it's yeah. more like I'm non-binary. That's it. That's you it. Know? Okay. Like it doesn't matter anymore. Of course, I can say like maybe I'm attracted to persons with beard more than persons without mm -hmm. a beard or whatever. Or I can say like I'm attracted to tall people <laughs> or I'm attracted to blonde people or I'm attracted to uh, big ass or big <laughs> <laughs> breasts. Or big booty. <laughs> <laughs> big booty, exactly. Um, but gender is not something you can be attracted to anymore, which okay. I think is very powerful because it is not, mm -hmm. you know, like you're not falling in love with a gender, but you're falling in love with a person. Yeah. So for you, your sexual orientation is just non-binary. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And um, what do you think about the fact that I would say that I'm attracted to gender still? I mean, I think as long as you're still identifying with a gender, it makes sense to mm -hmm. be also attracted to a gender even though i would of course also encourage you to challenge gender yourself you yeah. know because i think gender in itself is oppressive to anyone mm -hmm. you know of course like we're living in a patriarchal world so um also some males are profiting from the gender binary mm -hmm. structure but also a lot of people a lot of also male presenting persons are oppressed and suffer from suffer from patriarchy but um yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um maybe to come back to now we went on a little bit on an yeah. excursion yeah, um maybe to come back a little bit to to your experiences mm -hmm. um is um a, a bisexual woman mm -hmm. or bisexual female presenting person um and now being very open about it and now like living it out somewhat to an extent um what what do you struggle with most like what is what comes what is the most difficult thing for you okay so for me it's really hard to find out if someone uh is bisexual or a lesbian so for me it's really hard to find that out i mean if you use dating apps it's more easy mm -hmm. to find it out and i mean that's how i had my first experience mm -hmm. um with a female presenting person um but otherwise it's like really hard <laughs> i don't know just just to check out if someone is interested or mm -hmm. gay you know because again we would think you know someone yeah. is heterosexual is the norm of course 
And no, not of course, but that's what we're assuming yeah. because it's still in our head. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's it. Mm -hmm. So now being bisexual very openly, how do you see male presenting persons perceiving you? You mean just in a, I don't know in, in which way you... Like, for example, when, when you're at a bar... Okay, so when I have a date and... Or when I'm with... Or for example... When, when you're in the public. Yeah, yeah, when I have been with my best friend and uh, we have been at the bar and she needs to save me. <laughs> she needed to save me from, from a dude. So um, she was just kissing me to save me. And then she talked with another guy and uh he assumed directly that we would be interested in having an adventure with him together Ew, really? yeah. Ew. <laughs> um oh my god just because she was kissing me so um i think it's it's a form of being sexualized mm -hmm. by a male presenting person mm. for just um being bisexual or kissing yeah a woman in public yeah. so I think yeah that's not a nice way yeah. um, I don't know it's just it's just weird yeah. uh, you would never do that to someone who's yeah. just if if a female presenting person and a male presenting person would have make out you would never go there and just like <laughs> and just ask are oh, you maybe ready What for adventure the third of us you know <laughs> this is just weird yeah that's a, such a weird dynamic and yeah it's, it reveals how much sexism there, there is also mm -hmm. projected onto lesbians yeah. or bisexual female presenting persons um yeah crazy so also women are a lot of times like deprived of their subjective being and instead they are made made out to be desirable for and likable for men right mm -hmm. like if we look at porn if we look or like mainstream porn mainstream porn yeah <laughs> if we look at um if we look at advertisement mm -hmm. and if and f or if you look at beauty industry or something like this it's like there's a i guess a common conception that women need women need to be pretty for men, men. like yeah and not for themselves so I guess, you know, that in that sense, being lesbian can be quite powerful, okay? Or mm -hmm. because you're pretty for yourself and men are, or like female presenting persons are out of the question. Not out of the question, but it's not my only interest, mm -hmm. you know? Um, if there's not a male presenting person, I'm just like, okay, there, there's a woman I like yeah. too. So I don't, I don't care. I don't have to be pretty for for a male presenting person. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. And then maybe a, la a last question that I had, or a last topic I wanted to touch upon, is um, when you look at queer people, or when you look at um, queer spaces, for mm -hmm. example, in Berlin, where we both grew up, how do you see the role of bisexual women in queer spaces in Berlin? For example, in Berlin nightclubs. Do you see a lot of like? Do you see a lot of visibility for for bisexual women among, for example, gay men? 
I think there are more spaces for gay men than mm-hmm. for uh, lesbian yeah. people or bisexual people, I think, honestly. Yeah. Um, but that's just what I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Because I don't even know if there's just uh, a club for lesbian. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is the Club de Schwartz, or yeah. there are a lot of um, parties. Um, for gay men, yeah. But where are the parties for lesbian? <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. that's what I think is. Yeah, it's just weird, actually. Yeah. Also, I um need to think directly about the movies we watched, mm-hmm. um, about um queer people, and it always has been about gays <laughs> and not about lesbian. So, yeah. I think, I don't know why it's still like that, that there are more spaces mm-hmm. for um, gay people than for lesbian people. Mm. But I think, yeah, I, I would completely agree. I think it's mm-hmm. a huge problem, actually, yeah. that still queerness, you would think that queerness means uh, a fight for a sexual and gender liberation for everyone. Mm-hmm. But what I also perceive very strongly is that queerness means still um, gay men, gay cis men, Mm -hmm. white gay cis men, Mm -hmm. you know, that are also like masculine. And I see very little visibility for, for example, femme gay men Mm -hmm. or femme non-binary people or non-binary people in general or for mm-hmm. trans women or for trans men you know it's still, yeah true um it's still you know you think about being queer and then it is for me this not the idea that you have a bunch of like pumped up with testosterone mm-hmm. persons running around in a club shirtless mm-hmm. and like grinding on each other. I mean, I'm happy for them that they're able to like express themselves Definitely. that way. It was also not the case 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like while they might have a certain extent of liberation, if you look at now same-sex marriage, it's still like so many other people in the spectrum of the LGBTQIA plus community are like still far from being equal and far from being granted equal rights Mm -hmm. and i think there is really a lack of acknowledgement of this power dynamic within Mm -hmm. the queer community you know and there's a lot of friction yeah i'm just wondering why it is like that honestly Mm -hmm. like why is there more space for or just a space for yeah. a gay for a gay man. Yeah. Um but yeah for sure it's it's strange that within the queer community there's there is um definitely a dominance of white gay men mm-hmm. over all other queer people, but then for sure there's also still extremely marginalized and I don't wanna say that gay men have an easy life no, definitely in society. Not, definitely. For sure not. Like we're still heteronormative. But that's exactly why I think we should fight this fight together, mm-hmm. you know? Like I want to you know i want to fight for the rights of white gay people and i want white gay people to fight for my fights or mm-hmm. f- fight for the fights of my friends that are um that are trans or that are person of color that are mm-hmm. trans and that are um 
not gay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's hope the fights <laughs> become a little bit more intersectional in the future and um, not divide amongst each other. And I hope there are like more spaces for trans people, mm-hmm. for bisexual people, for lesbian people, and not only for gay people. Yeah. <laughs> For gay white cis men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well let's let's finish with this hope for the future. I mean maybe someone will listen. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever goddesses exist in this universe. And uh, thank you so much for talking to me, talking being here on this podcast. I'm very I feel very honored to have you here. Yay! <laughs> and to have recorded this episode with you and to everyone that's still listening. Mm-hmm. And um was not annoyed by our <laughs> <laughs> laughter <laughs> and conversation and ranting. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to Queering the Perspective. And I see you next time. Bye bye. Queering the Perspective with Bela Bellissima. <laughs>